Well, good afternoon and welcome. This is John Terry, the Black Belt Leader, and I want to thank you for joining us for How to Be an Effective Listener. You know, whether you're joining me live, you're going to have an opportunity to hear the rebroadcast later. I want to say thank you for taking time to invest in yourself. That speaks a lot to who you are as an individual by giving yourself the opportunity to learn and to grow and to become a better version of who you are. You know, I've had an opportunity to scroll through the list of attendees. It's, it's a quite a diverse group today. We've got financial professionals, insurance agents, stockbrokers, investment advisor representatives. We've got martial arts school owners and instructors. We've got coaches and consultants. We've got business owners, CEOs, and managers. Quite a diverse group, but one thing we all have in common, and that's the fact that we are here to learn to become better as listeners. Because as we become better as listeners, we have an opportunity to not just engage with family, friends, coworkers, neighbors, clients, customers, prospects, whatever it may be. We've got an opportunity to connect in a very special way. So again, I want to say thank you for joining us. I want to say thank you to our sponsors, Vision Advisors, Hall of Fame Financial, the United States Martial Arts Hall of Fame, the International Martial Arts Council of America, and Rocket Fuel Design for sponsoring this event. So as we get started, I want to encourage you to grab a piece of paper and a pen or something to take some notes with because I'm going to share some success habits of highly effective listeners. But I really want to set the stage on the front end for why this is important. So I want to open with a question. Are you a good listener? You know, if we were to ask most people if they're a good listener, everybody, and I won't say everybody, but most people would say, yeah, I'm a really good listener. But in reality, and a number of studies show that very few of us are actively really good at listening. You know, I remember as a kid growing up, my mom would always remind me because I loved to talk. I guess that's why I became a speaker, coach, and trainer is that I love to have conversation with people. But mom reminded me early on as a small kid and this day, 81 years of age, my mom still reminds me, John, you've got two ears and one mouth. That means God wants you to be listening to people twice as much as you're talking to people. I've heard that now for 60 years of my life, and I have to agree with my mom that that's true. But for most of us, we are great at conversation, especially talking about the most important topic to us, and that's ourselves. But many of us struggle to be a good leader. So as we spend this time together for the next 45 minutes, I want to share some practical tips that are going to help you be more effective at listening and engaging with your audience, no matter who that audience is, whether it's your two-year-old daughter or it's a coworker or it's someone you're coaching that is struggling with an addiction. You're a martial arts school owner that's teaching students in your dojo or your dojang. You're a financial professional that's helping people plan for their financial future. That audience of one or two or a group of workers in your business or a team in your manufacturing plant, being a good listener is a skill set that we can all improve on. Now, most of you on this call know me, but for those that don't, let me take just a quick minute and introduce myself. I'm John Terry. I'm a two-time martial arts Hall of Fame inductee and a best-selling author. I'm an international speaker, coach, and trainer. 
And I founded Black Belt Leadership, which is a coaching and consulting company really focused on helping people learn to master their lives and helping organizations learn to master the full potential of their team. With respect to background, I'm a behavioral intelligence coach. I'm a human behavior consultant. I teach emotional intelligence, and I'm an executive director with the John Maxwell team and currently serving as a president's advisory council member for that organization. But enough about me. You didn't come to learn about John Terry. You came to learn about how to be an effective listener. And I want to share with you up front, the odds are not in your favor. Now, what do I mean by that? A study of 8,000 employees looking across a diverse group of businesses across the United States found that when they interviewed their employees, the vast majority of employees, in fact, 89% of those employees believed they communicated as good or better than their peers in the business. Now, 89% of the people can't all be right and they can't all communicate as good or better. And Nobody is the best. We can all do better at learning to become an effective leader. We can all learn more about becoming an effective listener. And as we have an opportunity over the next few minutes to dive into that, I want to talk about some misconceptions of why we fail to be effective in our leadership by listening. And from that, what can we do to improve? in that area. Now, let me preface this on the front end by sharing when I say the odds are not in your favor. Why do I say that? The average person, you and I on the call today, having conversation with one another, we're only listening at about 25% of our potential. Now, let that soak in for just a minute. You and I in our interactions with other people, whether personally or professionally or both, we're only listening at about 25% of our potential. So if we could just get 25% better so that we are listening at half our potential, how much better could we be at who we are, what we do, and the results that we bring if we can learn to become much more effective in our listening with others? That's what we want to talk about today. Now, the big question I want to ask is, what's causing the misconceptions? Why do we all believe we're better listeners than we really are? You know, most people will agree that listening is an important skill set. But the vast majority of us on this call don't feel a strong need to improve in that skill set. You know, Christmas time rolls around, we have a few too many pieces of pie or cake or whatever it is that we eat during the holidays, and in January we get on the scale and it's, oh my goodness, my jeans don't fit anymore, my dress is too tight, and I can't get my shirt on and button it, whatever it is, we realize that we need to improve in that area, and what do we do? We go sign up at Planet Fitness. We go start walking around the neighborhood. We begin to push away and eat a little bit less. We put a plan into place to become better at our fitness. Why don't we do the same thing when it comes to listening? Because the vast majority of us, if we were to look in the mirror and ask ourselves, do we really believe this is important? We honestly have to say no, because if we believed it was important, it would be a skill set that we work on to improve so that we become better listeners for the benefit to ourselves and those that we are in relationship with, whether personally or professionally. 
you know, it's interesting when we think about effective listening and the fact that we really don't pay attention to it. When we're social animals. We are in relationship with other people, and yet we spend more time thinking about what we're going to say than what we're going to hear. And that is a major problem, not just in America today, but around the world. If we thrive on communicating, and that's how we interact with one another, listening, in my opinion, is one of the most important skill sets that we need to learn if we're going to be an effective communicator. You know, I think John Maxwell said it best, one of my personal mentors. In fact, there's a book by that name. John says that many communicate, few connect. That's a recommended reading. If you don't have that book in your library, I would encourage you to pick that up. You can get it on Amazon. Many communicate, few connect. And John talks about those misconceptions of why we fail in our communication with others to effectively connect. Now, effective listening, I think we would all agree, truly matters. But effective listening really matters for us first as individuals. Because, ladies and gentlemen, I hate to tell you this, and, and maybe it's a, one of those already understood thoughts, but let me just say it because a lot of us really haven't given thought to it. We can't learn when we're talking. We only learn when we're listening. If we're always speaking, we're never stopping to pause to hear new information to gain insight and understanding of others if we're the one that's doing all the talking. When we're talking, we have closed our mind to new information, to the opportunity to grow, to stretch, and to expand so that we've got an opportunity to go deeper in our understanding, deeper in our relationships, and truly develop our full potential that only comes when we're listening, not when we're talking. You know, effective listening matters in a variety of reasons. And let me give you one example. There was a study done in a high-stress hospital trauma setting, and they found that the teams that learned to communicate effectively, learned to listen to each other effectively, they were 40% more effective than the teams that struggled with communication. I don't know about you, but if I found myself in a scenario, I had to be rushed to a trauma hospital. I want the team working on me that can effectively communicate and work together as a result of that to save my life if it's needed as a result of that to have an opportunity to work with a team that can't communicate. And if we want to be an effective leader in our home, in our business, with our clients, in our community, wherever we are, we've got to learn to be an effective leader. We've got to learn to be effective as listening to be the leader that we want to be. You know, when we think about the most important leaders in our lives, the teachers that we really loved, Maybe it was a pastor, that somebody that was very influential in your life. Maybe it was one of your parents or a, a gentleman or an individual or a female that gave you your first job, whatever it was. And we think back to those influential people. When I look back at the people that were influential in my life, they were willing to listen. 
and they were willing to allow me to share what was on my heart. And then when I asked, they were willing to give me input that made me a better person. One of the things we know about good listening is it reflects love and patience. You know, I, I'm a, a student of history, and I love reading about ancient Rome and ancient Greece and a lot of those ancient civilizations. But when we go back to the ancient Greeks, there was a concept in this particular point in history of phileo, or what we call brotherly love, where we had care and concern for one another's welfare and well-being. Good listening is a byproduct of phileo, caring for another person and their welfare and their well-being. Because good listening allows us to show patience in the process. By actively listening for understanding, not just of the words that are being shared, but the meaning behind the words so we can gain context before we speak. Active listening has to be, if you're going to be a leader, an intentional process where we listen with our whole person. When we do that, we've got an opportunity to hear the viewpoints of others without judgment, to be able to seek to understand not just their words, but their feelings, their emotions, their life experience, and their perspective that led to them thinking the way they think. Another important aspect of effective listening is the ability to reduce conflict. One of the major areas when I have an opportunity to go in and work with an organization is dealing with conflict in the workplace. And one of the areas I find that is a significant issue when it comes to conflict resolution is the lack of good communication within the workplace, within the employees and the managers, within the managers and the upper managers and ultimately the owners of the team, there is a lack of communication. And when that takes place, all of a the sudden these pent up frustrations build to the point that the organization fails to perform at its peak intensity. And when we go in and we resolve the communication issues by teaching everyone on the team how to become an effective listener and to communicate with other people the way they want to be communicated to, all of a sudden, conflict is reduced. Productivity is increased. And as a result of that, the business prospers and does well. You know, I think back to years in the martial arts industry when I was a multi-location school owner. And when we had students that couldn't get along, they couldn't have conversation with the other without getting into conflict. Oftentimes, that led to issues where students couldn't advance and grow in the martial arts, and they couldn't learn the skills necessary for rank advancement. One of the things we taught our staff was understanding to recognize the communication style of each student and to teach to that particular communication and learning style and learning to listen to what was said the intent behind what was said, and the nonverbals that they shared. And as a result of that, we saw retention increase, and we saw the opportunity to help those students have a better experience come as a result of that. If you want to strive for win-wins, becoming an effective listener is important. Now, 
Of course, it's obvious, but listening has to precede speaking. You know, King Solomon in the book of Proverbs says, whoever answers before listening, theirs is folly and shame. Now, there's great wisdom in that, that whoever answers before listening often answers the wrong question or often doesn't hear the full context of what's being said. And as a result of that, they fail to give the right information or they give an answer that really doesn't answer the question because they haven't taken the time to hear and learn what's actually being sought out in terms of guidance or advice that's desired. So get this and write this down. Good listening prepares you to speak well. Good listening prepares you to speak well. Why? Because good listening allows for wisdom and understanding to be transmitted between two individuals. When we use active listening, we are listening with the purpose of truly understanding the other person. Now think about that for a minute. How often do we rush to speak about an issue before we've got all the facts? How many times have we gossiped about someone before we knew fully what was going on in a situation? We want to presuppose and we want to come up with all these things that we think we know until we have an opportunity to get the full context by learning to listen Oftentimes, we do more harm than good by jumping in and speaking before we've had a chance to listen and to learn. So what is effective listening? There are some key principles I want to share with you in the remainder of our time that I think are going to help you become a more effective listener. And I want to challenge you to make a note of these and to get into the habit of practicing these principles I want to share. In fact, I'll give you an action tip. You can take some of the things that we're going to talk about today. When you identify this is something you need to work on, let me encourage you to take a little two-by-two posty note and write down that action step that you need to work it on and stick it on your bathroom mirror. So every morning when you get up to start your day, you're reminded, I need to work on that. And then at the end of the day, when you come in and you're getting ready for bed and you have, again, that look in the mirror, you've got to, again, look at that posty note. And have that honest conversation with yourself, did I improve in that area today? So again, a little challenge there in a way that you can have an action step to begin to grow yourself as an effective listener. So number one, effective listening is active. I want you to remember that. Effective listening is active. Now, what do I mean by that? It's actively absorbing information while at the same time showing the person who is speaking that you are listening and engaged. And at the end of their speaking, only then are you providing the feedback that shows that they have been heard. And we'll talk about what that feedback looks like in just a few moments. Now, when we think about listening, I want to point out that listening is a ministry. And you may say, John, I'm not interested in, in, in learning about faith-based concepts. I'm not talking about that here. Listening as a ministry goes back to what we learned from the ancient Greeks when we get into the concept of phileo. 
One of the things the ancient Greeks believed about active listening as showing brotherly and sisterly love one to another is the fact that when we are listening, that is part of our sacred duty in honoring a fellow human being. And ministry is all about service to others. And when we understand that as fellow human beings on the earth, we have a sacred duty to actively listen for understanding with one another, now we've got an opportunity to serve each other in a very unique way. You've got to remember that we are all social creatures, and we all thrive on relationships. And one of the best ways that we can cultivate and grow relationship, both personally and professionally, is by showing an individual that we want to give them our undivided attention so that we can understand not just what they're saying, but the intent and the meaning behind the words. When we show active listening as a ministry, as a sacred duty, to another human being, we are acknowledging that that individual has value. And when we are actively listening, we are adding value to a valuable person. What we are saying by being an active, effective listener is you are important, you are valued, and you are appreciated. Now, we have to be aware of our body language when we're listening because our body language can send a subtle and sometimes a not-so-subtle clue that we are really not listening. In fact, when you do a study of effective communication, and in my master class, How to Master Your Communication, we spend quite a bit of time on this topic talking about the fact that when we communicate, only 7% of our communication is words. 13% are the stories and images that we use to convey those words. 30% is the pitch and tone and vocality that we use in our conversation. And 50% is nonverbal. Now think about that. When you're having a conversation with an individual and they are talking to you, half of the communication they're sharing with you is coming from other than their voice. And so we need to be conscious of their body language and what it's telling us, but we also need to be conscious of our body language that we don't send a message that we're not listening, I don't agree, or that you're not important. Let me give you an example. When someone is having a conversation with you, active listening encourages you to look them in the face and to be facing them head on, not looking at them at an angle, not having your head turned, and not moving around from side to side, but giving them your attention and being engaged so that eye contact is made and there is an emotional connection taking place as eye to eye you view each other. Another faux pas many of us do is we cross our arms, we cross our legs, or if we want to have a conversation with an employee in a business setting, we often do that with a table or a barrier between us. All of those send subtle, nonverbal cues that either tell an individual they are not important, they don't matter, 
that you're in a position of superiority and you're not treating them as a peer and other nonverbal issues that can really send a negative message to the individual that can conflict or cause communication and connection not to really take place. Now, a big area, and I want to address this because it's become an epidemic, not just here in America, but around the world, and that's that stupid smartphone that you and I all carry around every single day, everywhere we go. I took my wife to a restaurant as we recently celebrated our 26th wedding anniversary, and while we were there, a couple came in, a husband and wife with four children, and they sat down at a table across from us, and my wife and I are having conversation, and as I always do, I love watching people. It's part of being a behavior intelligence expert is I love watching people to see how their behaviors play out in real life, and as I'm watching this family, they're talking to each other on their smartphone. Rather than having conversation across the table with the kids and the parents, they're texting each other to find out what they wanted to eat, what they wanted to drink, and they're having conversations with other people in different parts of who knows where on their smartphones rather than engaging. But how often do we, in the middle of a conversation with someone, we hear that stupid machine ding or vibrate, and our immediate response is to stop giving that person our undivided attention, and we turn and we look at that stupid device. A recent study said that the average person today touches their phone or looks at their screen 2,617 times a day. I'm going to repeat that number, 2,617 times a day. Now, how does that play into effective communication and effective listening? When you are looking at that smartphone, you're checking your watch, you're staring at a computer screen to look at email as you hear it coming in and you hear your computer go off, you're staring out the window or you're otherwise disengaged from the person speaking, you're sending a nonverbal cue that what they're saying doesn't matter and that they are not important. Now, for those of you that are involved in sales or coaching, or you're involved in training like a martial arts instructor that's teaching a student, and you're trying to engage a customer to buy something from you or to engage in a recommendation you want to give them, and every time the phone goes off, oh, excuse me, and you check the phone, and you're constantly distracted in the conversation, what value are you showing that customer, that client, that prospect, that student of yours when you do that? You may think you're a great multitasker and you can do all these other things, but science says differently. Neuroscience has revealed over multiple studies that no matter how great we think we are as multitaskers, and I thought for years I was a great multitasker because I've always got a number of plates spinning. Those of you that know me well know that to be the case, but I've always got a lot of things going on. But here's what I've learned. And the more I've tried to prove it wrong, the more I've ended up proving it right in my own life. So I'm preaching to myself here as I share this. Neuroscience has revealed that we can only focus our attention on one thing at a time. And when we talk about giving someone our undivided attention, it's just that, undivided. When we're doing all of these other things that are distracting us from the individual that's wanting to speak to us, and we're allowing our time to be divided by all of these other things, we're not zeroed in on the most important person in the room, and that's that person speaking. I want you to remember this and write it down. To be an effective listener, 
The individual that's speaking has to be the most important person in the room, and nothing else matters. The individual that's speaking, if you want to be an effective listener, has to be the most important person in the room, and they get your undivided attention, and nothing else matters. Now, here's another tip. I want to encourage you, as you're listening and striving to be a more effective listener, be attentive, but be relaxed. Now, I mentioned earlier eye contact, and that's important, but there is such a thing as too much eye contact. I remember doing a speaking event a couple of years back, and at this event, I had an individual that was just fixated. And every time I would turn and look, this individual was staring into my soul. Maybe what I was saying really uh, agreed with this individual, but it was creepy. And as a result of that, my eyes averted attention because when this individual was staring into me, it made me so uncomfortable as a speaker. And that's rare that it happens, but it was just weird. Same thing can happen with the people that you're having conversation with. Look them in the eye. But don't stare them down. Be conscious of how you are looking at the individual. It's okay to look away now and then, but to be attentive. A little action tip to do that. Let me share a couple of things. Number one, look the individual in the eyes. And then after a few moments, look at their mouth to watch their mouth actually speak. Let your eyes drift down a little further into the area of where their Adam's apple would be, allowing you to see their body to get an opportunity to pick up the body language of what's going on around them. And then move your attention back up to their mouth, back up to their eyes. It's a way that they don't see the subtlety, but they don't get that straight-on stare that can make an individual uncomfortable. And as a byproduct, it allows you to see the nonverbals you may otherwise miss if you're solely focused on staring that individual down eye to eye. Another action tip is to nod. As they're saying something that you agree with or that you understand, give them an affirming nod that you are connecting and understanding the meaning and intent behind what they're saying. Another engagement tip, lean into the conversation. So that you're sending a nonverbal cue that what they're saying is important. And as you lean in, you're letting them know this is important. You are valuable, and I want to make sure I'm hearing this without interruption. Now, when it comes to being an effective listener, you have to keep an open mind. Because it means that we have to learn to listen without judgment. It means we have to put our biases and our prejudices on hold so that we have an opportunity not to mentally criticize somebody that we may not agree with what they're saying or their ideology, or we may just have a different point of view. It's easy to get argumentative, and we see way too much of that in society today. Effective listening means in your mind you have agreed that you may not be agreeable on every topic. But you are there to listen, not to respond and argue, but you are there to listen, to learn something new, to gain a different perspective, to understand somebody's life experience that maybe you haven't understood before. 
you know, I'm one-eighth Cherokee, and I remember visiting with some of my grandparents and, and meeting some of my relatives that are very much into the Native American style of life. And you've probably he heard that until you walk a mile in someone's moccasins, you don't understand how that particular tribe of individuals would interact with each other. And as I heard that, and they would share stories of the Cherokee Nation and how they would interact with the Crow and they would interact with the Iroquois and the other nations around them, they took the time to learn how they communicated, to learn how they lived life so that they could have more understanding of each other's beliefs and why they believe what they do. I've learned that and I've shared that on with my kids, and I think that's a very valuable point of our lives in understanding that context of we are all different. We all come from different life experience. I had an opportunity to grow up living in the city, but I had grandparents that lived in the country. And so I was exposed to country living. My grandfather would hook up a mule to a push plow, and I remember learning how to do that. And I learned to relate in that area. But then I travel to a big city like New York or Atlanta or L.A., and I meet people that have no concept of that. And as a result of that, their life experience from what I can share can allow them to learn something. But by the same token, they deal with things in their world that I've never experienced. I've traveled to Cameroon. I've traveled to Zambia. I've traveled to Europe. I've traveled to Central America. I've traveled to the Caribbean. And as I've gone there, I want to keep an open mind to learn and understand the culture so that as I'm communicating and learning to connect with people, maintaining that open mind allows me to learn more about who they are. Because the goal is this. It's active listening, not just hearing the words, but the meaning behind the words. The goal is to gain insight into another person's life experience and perspective. Now, one of the ways you can do that is to take what they're saying and create a mental picture in your own mind of what they're saying. You and I have been hardwired for storytelling. In fact, if we go back far enough in our history as humanity, before we had the ability to write down written words and to pass things on into the future, we told stories and we drew pictures to bring concepts and beliefs and all of the other important things about our culture to future generations. And as people are having conversation, remember, we think and hear faster than most people speak. And as a result of that, it's easy for us to drift off, to wander, and to lose attention in the middle of the conversation. But when we focus and we lean in and we begin to effectively listen, all of a sudden we find ourselves mentally in the story with them. You know, I remember when I was doing a lot of personal production as a financial professional, helping people plan for a retirement, and they would tell me the story. I remember one family telling me the story that when they retired, this gentleman wanted to take his wife to the Eiffel Tower, and he wanted to go to the top of the Eiffel Tower and kiss his wife on the Eiffel Tower. He had dreamed as a young man of proposing to his wife on the Eiffel Tower. That didn't happen, but that dream had lived on for 30 years of his working career, and when he and his wife retired, their first trip was to go to Europe and to visit Paris and to ascend the Eiffel Tower and to live out that dream. And as he shared his story and I looked at them, my mind went to where they were. 
And I could see him holding her hand as they went up the Eiffel Tower. And as this older couple that were having some issues, you know, they were now in their early 70s getting ready to walk away from a business they'd invested their lives in. I could see him taking her and looking over the edge of the balcony and turning. I could see him kneeling and telling her this is what he wanted to do some 40, 50 some odd years ago when they had gotten married. I could see that in my mind. And when you and I do that as effective listeners, we become a part of their story, and it helps us to engage. It also allows us to ask those follow-up important questions to make sure that we understand the meaning and intent behind the word. Now, it's also important as an effective listener that you don't give advice unless it's been asked for. Oftentimes when people come and they want to have a conversation with you, they just want to talk. They want to get something off their chest. One of the gentlemen that I work with will occasionally call and he'll say, John, I don't need anything. I just need to vent for a moment. And I'll give him an opportunity to share what's on his mind, the frustrations that he's dealing with in the business that he's involved with. And when he's done, he says, thank you. I needed that. And I'll ask the question, is there anything else I can do for you? And his typical response is, no, I just needed a listening ear. Thank you. And he hangs up the phone, and his day is better just because he's got somebody that he can dump the garbage on and have an opportunity just to release that pent-up stress from his life. Many people in relationship need that, and part of being an effective listener is recognizing that. But for many of us, it's difficult to do. Why? Because all of us want to help. All of us want to be able to give an answer that seems clear to us that the other person, for whatever reason, at the moment can't see. But oftentimes, when we interrupt their train of thought, they haven't gotten to the real reason they're trying to have the conversation. And as a result of that, we send that subtle cue that you're not important. I'm smarter than you are. I know more than you do. You need to listen to me. And we devalue the person who came to us wanting to talk. One of the most important things you can learn to do as an effective listener, when someone shares, let them share uninterrupted. You're looking for meaning and intent, and when they're done, you can thank them for sharing, ask a clarifying question, and then ask a question like, do you mind if I share my thoughts? By asking someone's permission to speak into their lives, number one, you're showing value to that person. And number two, you're determining whether or not they are open to receiving what you have to say. When you jump in the middle of the conversation, what you're really doing is interrupting. Now, many of us are quick thinkers on this call, and we want to be action takers that help people solve the problems that they're going through. Those of you that are on this call like me that are coaches, consultants, and trainers, we want to help people fix the problems that they're dealing with. But when we interrupt the flow of information they're wanting to share to us, what are we really saying? I'm more important than you are. What I have to say is more interesting, more accurate, and more relevant than what you have to say. You're stupid for thinking that way and not seeing this on yourself, so let me set you straight. Those are subtly what you're saying when you interrupt in the middle of the conversation. You're also telling the person speaking that what they're saying doesn't matter. You don't have time for them to explain what's going on in their world, and it really becomes a contest of who's more important.
Remember, effective listening requires that the person speaking be the center of attention. And when you interrupt, what have you done? You've put the attention back on you. Interruption to the other person is often seen as rude, arrogant, and insensitive. Better yet, rather than interrupting, let them finish their thought in its entirety and then learn to ask probing questions. You know, I enjoy watching a good journalist grill someone on a particular topic because a great interviewer, a great researcher understands the importance of asking clarifying questions to take the conversation deeper, to identify things unyet said, and to get everything out on the table so there is full and complete understanding of the subject matter being discussed. But how often do we want to tell somebody how to fix the problem rather than asking questions to make sure that we've got full understanding of everything going on in their thought process before we want to give them our two cents. We can't immediately assume because we have an answer, they want to hear it. And we can't assume because we have an answer that it's actually the right answer until we take the time to ask the questions to confirm that what they've shared is full and complete, and they're not holding anything back that might change how we respond or give advice if asked for. When we interrupt, what we do is we put the speaker on defense. When we step in and we say, this is what you should do, before we ask permission, we end up seeing a mental and emotional barrier come up between us and the individual speaking because we have now tried to take control of the conversation that's going on in their head. Oftentimes when someone's making a statement, especially if they've done something wrong, and I see parents do it with children, I see employers do it with employees, I see coaches do it with their students that are on the ball team, and it's bad when they do it, but they do it anyway, and they'll make a statement like, why in the world would you do that? Why would you say that? Why would you do that? What in the world were you thinking? When we begin to become accusatory and we challenge the individual in that manner, we have shut off the opportunity to speak constructively into their lives. Now, it may just be an emotional response on your part, and your intention might be innocent when you do it, but the tone of those phrases comes off as you are being judgmental and you are telling the other person that they screwed up. Hey, guess what? They already know they screwed up, and if they're sharing with you, they're having an opportunity to release emotionally the baggage and the chains and the weights that are holding them back from moving forward feeling free and released from whatever it is that's weighting them down. So rather than putting somebody on the defensive, why not ask a non-judgmental, open-ended question that gets to the heart of the matter? A good probing question such as, can you tell me what you were feeling or thinking at the time? Can you tell me why you decided to take that course of action? Or one of my favorites and part of what I teach in my Master Your Communication course is obviously you have a reason for feeling that way. Do you mind if I ask what that is? 
Those types of questions are non-judgmental, they're non-defensive, and it's a request for more information to gain better understanding. Effective listeners ask great questions. Now, let me remind you too also, don't be a topper. Now, what do I mean by a topper? It's something we're all guilty of, and I have to watch myself because I find myself doing this more often than I want to. But it's part of our human nature of wanting to brag on ourselves or share our story with other people. Someone will share a story about something that happened in their lives. And what do we immediately want to do? We want to share a very similar story, but we want to top their story. So it sounds a little bigger, a little better, a little more dramatic, whatever it may be. And as a result of that, what have we done? We've shifted the conversation from the speaker to ourselves. And when we do that, we have devalued that relationship. We've moved away from listening as a ministry. Our sole desire of valuing the other person and our sacred duty to honor that individual as a human being, we just violated that when we become the topper and we want to tell our story. One of the things that I've learned and I continue to remind myself to do when I do that is to say, I'm sorry, you were saying this. Or, hey, let's get back on topic and let's go back to what you just said. Can you share that with me again so that I intentionally redirect the conversation back to the other person? Something you and I can all learn from so that we can learn to be better communicators. Now, one last word on giving advice before we wrap this up is this. Again, making sure to be mindful of giving advice when it's not sought. Are requested. We all want to help, but making sure that we get permission honors and values the other person. So let me give you one last tip here on when having an opportunity or wanting the opportunity to speak into someone's life. After they've come to you and the speaker has finished their thought, ask this question before you give advice. Have you given thought to your next steps. So maybe they're coming to you and they're thinking about, you know, wanting to quit smoking or they've got an issue with their children or it's a student in your karate school that's struggling to learn a particular kata or it's a coaching client that's dealing with an issue or it's a financial client that's struggling to make a decision of whether to move money here or there and you ask them, "What are your next steps?" or "What do you plan to do next?" and let them share their next steps in the process. What we typically find from the laws of influence and the psychodynamics of working with human behavior is this. When you ask someone their next steps, they will share those next steps. And the vast majority of the time, they will conclude that by saying, that's what I'm going to do. What are your thoughts? Or do you have any ideas? Or am I missing something? They will turn around because you have asked them a question, honoring them in being able to solve their own problem and taking next steps. They reciprocate under one of the laws of influence to give you the opportunity to speak into their lives. Now, the goal of effective communication is what? Learning to be a good listener, learning to connect, to build relationship, and over time, taking that relationship deeper and better and stronger, both personally and professionally. 
So in conclusion, as we wrap up, let me just kind of summarize what we've talked about real quickly. To be an active listener, your ultimate goal is to get as much information out of the individual speaking as possible in as time-efficient manner as possible, understanding as much as possible about the conversation that took place so that what was said and what was understood are as close to identical as possible for that moment. And that means we really need to do three things. Number one, we need to set the environment for a comfortable conversation. And we've shared the tips to do that. Number two, it means being mindful of the way we respond to the other person, especially in areas that we may not agree. Number three, it means asking questions that encourage the speaker to share more rather than giving unsolicited advice. Now, I want to share with you an idea of some recommended reading if you'd like to learn more about becoming an effective leader and an effective communicator. My mentor, Dr. John C. Maxwell, and I've already referenced the book, Everybody Communicates, Few Connect, by Dr. John C. Maxwell. Another effective book on communication that I'd encourage you to read is How to Win Friends and Influence People. It is a classic. It's a must-read by Dale Carnegie. And then a third book I would recommend is Communicating for a Change by Andy Stanley. So my call to action, I want to encourage you to go out and practice being an effective listener. Go back to the notes that you took as we walk through this, and I will share with all of you a rebroadcast. You'll have an opportunity to listen to this again and think about two or three things that you could do to improve your ability to be a more active and effective listener. Put them on a sticky note, stick it to your bathroom mirror, and then hold yourself accountable. If you've got a family member or a team member that you can have conversation with and you're willing to hold them accountable and you accountable, use an accountability partner to grow yourself in that area as well. Now, for those of you that are on the call, I'm also going to be sharing in a follow-up email as I share the video with you an invitation. I'm going to be teaching coming up soon uh, another version of my master class how to master your communication. And if you're interested in learning more about that, watch for that communique coming up as well. Again, I want to say thank you to our sponsors, Vision Advisors, Hall of Fame Financial, Rocket Fuel Design, the International Martial Arts Council, and the United States Martial Arts Hall of Fame for sponsoring. My name is John Terry. I'm the Black Belt Leader. If you haven't connected with me, let me encourage you to visit my website, beablackbeltleader.com. You can go to the Contact Us page, and you'll find links to all of my social media channels. While you're there, let me encourage you to sign up for my free weekly leadership newsletter. Every week, I'm sharing insights and thoughts on personal and professional growth and development you can use for your own personal growth journey, as well as to share those with team members, others in your family, or individuals you're working with to help them grow as well. I want to say thank you again for taking time to invest in yourself by being part of this online class, How to Be an Effective Listener, and I trust that the time we've taken has helped you start taking some action steps to master your way to effective listening. I'm John Terry, the Black Belt Leader. I want to say thanks for joining me, and have a great day.